Welcome, everyone, to the Wednesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, Tyler Crawley, and we got to start with, of course, the gold standard when it comes to home prices, and that is the Case Schiller Index out yesterday. And, well, there's a lot to get into because we not only got that, we also got the FHFA, there we go, Home Price Index as well. And let's just say the cooling in the housing market is not happening as quick, if at all, than I think most would have thought at this point. So this data is from November. Make sure you keep that in mind. It's a little bit of a lag here because we're already about to enter into February and we're still talking about what's happening in November. So year over year, that's the big number. Everyone wants to know annual price growth, the S&P Core Logic Case Shiller U.S. National Home Price NSA Index reported an 18.8% annual gain in November, which is down from the previous month when it was 19%. Now, interestingly enough, the month over month index showed a 0.9% gain, which was actually up from the month before when it was 0.8%. That's just one of the stats that highlights how confusing this current housing market actually is. But here's another indicator. These numbers actually beat the street, I guess if you want to look at it that way. So economists had projected for the 20 city index that growth would slow to about 18% from the 18.5% in October. And it did slow, but not to 18%. It only fell 0.2 percentage points to 18.3%. So what we're already seeing, month over month, we are seeing an increase. It's not slowing as much as they thought. A lot of conflicting data here from Case Schiller. I should say conflicting, or at least um, conventional wisdom on what should be happening with the housing market. Things should be cooling a little quicker than they are. Now, for the 30th month in a row, at least one thing was easy to predict. Phoenix led all metro areas with 32.2% year-over-year home price growth, followed by Tampa was up 29%, and Miami was up 26.6%. Craig Lazara, the managing director at S&P said that it's important to put all of these numbers in context, saying in a statement, quote, for the past several months, home prices have been rising at a very high but deaccelerating rate. That trend continued in November of 2021. Now, despite this deacceleration, it's important to remember that November's 18.8% gain was the sixth highest reading in the 34 years they have been covering this data. And the top five months were the months immediately preceding this November. So the housing market is still very hot. And in fact, instead of cooling down, there are some indicators that it might be starting to heat up again. And one of those indicators is the Federal Housing Finance Agency's Home Price Index that actually showed growth. (laughs) It actually showed growth year over year. The Home Price Index reported home appreciation at 17.5%. That is up from the 17.4% from the previous month. The national index reported 1.1% growth, which was unchanged from the previous month. So here we have Case Shiller showing cooling, but not as not cooling as fast as they thought. And now we're seeing from the FHFA home price index, actual growth. 
we're seeing it actually start to ramp back up again. Will Dorner, PhD, supervisory economist at the FHFA's Division of Research and Statistics. For some reason, I don't know what it is, but like this is like the long title report like or i should say day because we got the case shiller crazy long name and now we got this guy's title there's no way that fits on a business card there's just it's got to be shortened that is way too long he said this continued growth rate raises concerns of course about affordability saying quote the last four months reflect average gains of one percentage points down from the larger prior changes during the spring and summer months. Now, this new trend is a welcome shift, but still twice the monthly average we have seen for the last 20 years, which echoes concerns about access and affordability in the housing market. Now, looking at the different regions, now, normally we talk about the four regions, What I like about the FHFA HPI report is that it gives us nine different regions across the country and regionally, the South Atlantic and the mountains led their respective categories. The South Atlantic region had the best November with 1.9% growth month over month, followed by East South Central up 1.7% and West South Central up 1.2%. And the mountain region had the best year up 22.8%, followed by the South Atlantic up 20.4% in the East South Central, almost at 20% up 19.8%. So you take all of this. Remember, this is from November. And you look at what's happening right now that we've been talking about on this podcast for the last week is the data from Altos Research that is showing all-time low inventory levels, which we already knew about in December. Other reports have shown that. But we're seeing bidding wars. They're projecting bidding wars like we, we saw in the summer of 2021 when the housing market was at all-time highs, which leads to price increases. And so it's not completely out of the realm of possibility, just like we saw with the home price index, that we could start seeing those numbers start to rise again with Case Schiller, with what's happening. I mean, that's the, the inventory levels are still very low. I saw a piece at USA Today that was saying, could the spring buying season already be upon us? We're not even in February. <laughs> We're still in winter, like deep in winter. And they're saying the spring home buying season has already begun. So we could see everyone thought that Case Shiller was just going to continue to decline and decline and get back to some type of normal. And we could see another bump, little bump up. And then I think we'll start getting back to normal. Otherwise, we will, we could possibly be, as we've mentioned many a times, um, getting towards a bubble scenario. If prices just keep going up unchecked, even with mortgage rates going up, you don't want to. Tomorrow, we're going to, or I should say today, we're going to be getting some data from the Bank of Canada on what they're going to do with their benchmark rate. And we talked about this yesterday that a lot of people in Canada, the home prices have shot up so much that everyone's having to go with variable rate mortgages that automatically change with the central bank. And so if they raise rates, all of a sudden people's monthly payments get more expensive. And that's when you start getting into a situation like we saw in 2008, where people can't afford their homes. And so it's great to see home prices go up, but we also need to be very careful (laughs) that it's happening in the realm of the real, that it's it's happening and it's happening in a way that makes sense from an economics perspective. And we're still there, but uh, things I think could heat back up once again before uh, all the big 
rate hikes start coming in to play. And one of the reasons that we are seeing this home price growth is because of the this ongoing, this great migration, I guess you I think some people have called it, where people are moving from high cost areas to low cost areas and they can do so for two reasons. One, they can either retire early because all of a sudden all these assets they have have just skyrocketed in value or they can work from anywhere. So if you can work from anywhere, why not work from a place that costs less if you're still getting the same salary? And Redfin is reporting that the great migration appears to be continuing as we begin 2022. In the fourth quarter of 2021, 31.2% of home buyers were looking to move to a different metro area. This is down from the 31.5%, that was a record high that we saw in Q1 of 2021, but is still well above the pre-pandemic level of 26.3%. Florida was the top state to move to, not surprisingly, and California was the top state to leave in the fourth quarter of 2021. Miami was the top destination with 11,931 more inflows than outflows in the fourth quarter, followed by Phoenix, was it around 11,000 and Las Vegas was just above 8,000. San Francisco, no, I should say San Francisco was the top departure spot, not surprisingly, with 48,904. That number's just so much bigger than what you're seeing of people moving into Florida. I mean, it's it's over four times bigger. So you have 48,904 more outflows than inflows in the fourth quarter, followed by Los Angeles, 39,000, and New York, 27. That's New York City, not the state, 27,000. So what you're seeing here, high-cost areas, and to be honest, also high-crime areas, People moving out of those places, moving to lower crime areas, and more importantly, lower cost areas. Craig Lazara, we mentioned earlier, managing director at the SMP, said in a statement that more data is necessary to fully understand these relocation trends. This is, of course, from the Case Schiller report in which he said, we have previously suggested that the strength in the U.S. housing market is being driven in part by a change in locational preferences as households react to this pandemic. More data will be required to understand whether this demand surge represents an acceleration of purchases that would have occurred over the next several years or reflects a more permanent secular change. Meaning, is this all early retirements or is this work from home? Because if it's early retirements, then these are things that would have happened anyway. They're just happening on a more truncated timetable or they're happening at a faster rate, whatever it may be. Or is this just a change with regards to the way we look at housing and the way we look at work? And that, well, we don't have enough data on. And they've been saying that for a while. I wonder when they're actually going to be able to get that data because it's been it's a couple of months. They're like, we need to get more data. Like, we'll get it. <laughs> we want to know the answer to this question. We definitely want to know the answer to this question. Uh, And then, well, let's talk about some economic news here before we wrap things up. Consumer confidence fell for the month of January. Unfortunately, consumer confidence declined a little bit to a 113.8 index. This according to the conference board's consumer confidence index. Now, this is up dramatically from last year when we were still under 100. In fact, January 2021, 89.3. 
So it's always important to look at things in a certain perspective. So we're down a little bit, but well above where we were a year ago. Lynn Franco, Senior Director of Economic Indicators at the Conference Board, said the drop was because of short-term expectations. That doesn't mean what's happening now, but what's going to be happening six months from now. Consumer confidence moderated in January following gains in the final three months of 2021. The present situation index improved, suggesting the economy entered the new year on solid footing. However, expectations about short-term growth prospects weaken, pointing to a likely moderation in growth during Q1 of 2022. So consumers who feel current business conditions are good, that actually improved slightly in December to 21.1% from 19.4% the previous month. Unfortunately, consumers who believe business conditions are bad is still higher, even with a 1.5 percentage point drop to 25.6%. But here's the good news. 55.1% of consumers still believe that jobs are plentiful even though that fell slightly from the historic high that they saw in December at 55.9%. But here's the real cause for the decline. Consumer optimism for the next six months was the cause of the drop falling to 23.8% of consumers who are positive about the next six months. That's down from 25.4% from the previous month. And consumers who believe conditions will worsen jumped to 19% from 18.6%. And you got to assume a lot of that's inflation. And that's why today's kind of big. It's kind of important because we got the the Fed met yesterday and now they're going to release their decision on interest rates, which are supposed to remain unchanged. If something, wow, it would be nuts if they decided to raise rates in January. Uh, but then Jerome Powell's going to give us press conference in which he's going to kind of plant the seeds for what they're going to be doing. Everyone says March looks like the time period when we're going to see the first rate hike. So we'll be everyone will be watching that because everyone's concerned about inflation. And how do you tackle inflation? You raise interest rates. That's how you do it. Or at least that's how you've done it in the past. That's not how they do it in Turkey. If you're in Erdogan, you just ignore inflation and hope that it goes away. If I don't see it. It's not a problem. So we got that happening today. Uh, We got mortgage demand, mortgage rates out at 7 a.m. And then we got new home sales at 10 a.m., which are expected to jump 2.1% month over month. So a lot to talk about for Thursday's show. We'll get to all of it. You guys enjoy your Wednesday. Yeah, that's it. Enjoy your Wednesday. And we'll see you back here Thursday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And as always... Do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.